Hey, welcome to the pub. Glad you're here. You know, doesn't it seem like everyone's a critic these days? I mean, everybody has an opinion. And what is it that they say about opinions? Uh, opinions are like assholes. Everyone's got one and they all stink except yours. Well, I think it's the unsolicited opinions that, that bug me the most. Sure, you, you can ignore them, and, and I do. But just the fact that someone feels the need to share their opinion without being asked makes me wonder. You know, if you're not being asked for your opinions, your opinion probably suck. So just keep them to yourself. The worst of the opinion givers are these professional critics of TV shows, movies, books, art. It seems that each person that actually creates something, uh, there's two people waiting in line to critique it and, and give you their unsolicited opinions. Uh, and of course, anything that falls out of a professional critic's mouth is just his or her opinion. And you know what I think of opinions now, right? And the fact that these professionals actually get paid for their opinions... I mean, what makes their opinion so fucking special? What expertise do these folks have that give their opinions any weight? Well, a few days ago, I got fired up over this topic when I read an article about Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, it's an app that, that rates movies and TV shows, etc. Basically, it, it takes all the opinions of the critics out there and uses these to rate a movie with a 1 to 5 tomatoes score. And, and based on these ratings, people choose to go to see a movie or watch it on Netflix... Now, the movie studio's executives really don't like this because, you know, these critics, they get to see the movies early, and then they give their opinions about it, and Rotten Tomatoes grabs those opinions and rates the movie. And if these two to three dozen people don't like it, um, or even a few of them don't like it, the ratings are bad, and the thousands of people then choose not to go see that movie uh, because they, they believe these opinions, they believe these critics... So the, the tried and true methods of finding a good movie, uh, word of mouth between people whose opinions you want and trust, uh, seems to be gone. And, and Rotten Tomatoes can take a flying leap as far as I'm concerned. And the professional critics that feed that monster, they can get a real job. You know, create something themselves instead of just criticizing others. And I, you know, what really pissed me off about all this is the fact that Rotten Tomatoes has a list of movies that have a 100% good ratings review. And very recently, Citizen Kane, which I happen to love and believe it to be one of the best movies ever made, lost its 100% rating because a movie critic from 80 years ago didn't like it. This opinion just surfaced. It's been lost for 80 years and was added to the Rotten Tomatoes process. And boom, Citizen Kane now has a less than 100% good rating and sits behind movies like, now get this, Paddington Bear 2 and The Terminator. I mean, come on, give me a break. And to top it off, this critic was anonymous, writing for the Chicago Tribune. 115 critics thought it was a great movie. One thought it wasn't. An unsolicited opinion of the tallest order. Now, I'm keeping my opinion of this critic to myself. That is, until someone asks me, of course. Hey, I'm going to grab something from the bar. Uh, sit tight, I'll be right back. Okay, I'm back from the bar, and I've got a nice dram of uh, whiskey called Old Pulteney, single malt. Now, Old Pulteney is technically a, a, a northern highland, uh, way north. Uh, in fact, it's the northernmost distillery in, in mainland Scotland. Uh, and it's got a really interesting story. You know, one of whiskey's great debates uh, began here uh, in, in the Old Pulteney district. Um, the, uh, back in uh, you know, 2003, um, the question was, was hotly debated uh, in the whiskey literature. Uh, do coastal whiskeys really taste like salt uh, because of the salt air and the sea influence and so forth? Uh, and they've been debating this back and forth for, for, for decades now. Uh, and it all began right here at, at the old Pulteney Distillery. 
Um, the, um, as I said, it, it's, it's on the coast, uh, and it's the northernmost distillery way up in the town of Wick. Um, it, it's got a, a very a very peaty, uh, rock-faced uh, kind of an, a perspective there. The, um, the part of the town was, was built by uh, Sir William Pulteney uh, back in 1810 uh, as a model fishing port. The distillery followed shortly after there in 1826, and it's been in production ever since. Uh, now this is one of the few uh, urban distilleries. Uh, now, in reality, it's only 250 yards from the from the from the part of the the distillery to the port harbor. But uh, even that walk can be sufficiently windy, they say, to demand a dram. Um, they they say that uh, Cathness, which is the the, the county, uh, is a bare country and needs a good whiskey to warm it up. Uh, this old pulte is a 12-year-old. It's got a deep yellow color. It's got a kind of a dry, sweet, peaty grass uh, nose. Um, it's kind of a light honey and nuts kind of flavor. Uh, and it does have a salty finish to it. Um, there are a few other varieties with a, a sherry wood finish and, and so forth. That, but they're all, they're all uh, uh, about the same in that regard. Uh, so if you're looking for a unique whiskey, um, there's going to be a little bit of a, of a really heavy coastal flavor to it. Uh, look for an old Pulteney. Um, so, hey, uh, stick around. You know, I've got a, a short uh, but interesting uh, uppity woman story that uh, I want to share with you. Uh, sit tight. Like wars today, belligerents in Europe had a byproduct, orphans. Nuremberg's Beth Krauss was one of these. Born in 1559 to peasants, orphaned at 10, she became a maid, married, and then ran a successful business with her spouse. Now, on the upstanding matrons of the city list, uh, Beth was selected to head up the girls' orphanage. There she taught and doctored the kids, supervised staff, leaned on the townsfolk to take her girls as servants once they'd turned 12. As part of her compensation package, the Krauses got to live at the orphanage, a perk that let the couple to buy real estate rentals. And over the years, that hobby added up. Uh, when altruistic Beth died at 80, she willed six of her houses and 127,000 florins to her favorite charity, a windfall that not only helped the orphans for generations, but became one of the, for the record books. This was the biggest endowment ever made by an individual anywhere in Germany. Way to go, Beth. Hey, uh, thanks for stopping by the pub today. I uh, hope to see you again. Bye now.